keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is Thursday, February the 24th, 2022. Russia invades, or at least attacks anyway. Canada drops its powers and traditional Catholics' fears lessened with papal decree. But questions remain. Edward Penton is going to be joining us at 35 past the hour to discuss a few stories out of Rome. One of which is on the recent meeting with the FSSP and His Holiness Pope Francis and his personal decree or promise that they get to continue to use the liturgical norms of 1962 in sacraments, not just in the liturgy, but it, uh, you know, baptisms, you know, all of that. Praise be to God. We're going to ask the question of what does that mean? What are some of the questions still out there? And uh, what does it mean for the other Ecclesia Dei communities? All of that coming up at 35 past the hour with Edward Penton. But if you're just waking up and you went to bed early like I did last night, you're going to find out that Vladimir Putin has launched a, quote, air quotes, special military operation, close quote, in the Ukraine. And Ukrainians are waking up to sirens. Forty people have lost their lives so far. And uh, and oil has gone through $100 a barrel. The markets are shrinking and the cost of everything is now about to go up. It's going to be an interesting day. The NATO has come out and said that they are activating their defense plan to secure NATO partners. They've got ships and warplanes and missiles all on standby. Putin is uh, threatening nuclear. I don't know. There's a lot of stories that we're going to be covering today. Uh, I'm sure Rudy Carlos has got a lot of this in the news as well. Uh, of course, Trudeau announcing he's you know ending emergency measures. Wow, that's pretty incredible. We just covered that story yesterday. And then, of course, uh, France, the eldest daughter of the church. Boy, the French Parliament votes to extend abortion to uh, from 12 weeks to 14 weeks. Golly gee whiz, Catholic France, where are you today? Lots to cover today on the program, especially in the 15 after segment of this hour. We are going to have two investigative journalists on the show to discuss Chinese troops in Canada. Like, what is the deal here? Uh, there have been uh, hundreds of Chinese nationalists seen on an island off of Vancouver, wearing Chinese military uniforms. What does all that mean? And uh, they even burned the place down, apparently, after they were done. So what? Like, what is going on? We're going to have that conversation at 15 past the hour. A lot to get into today. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. Yeah, I wish we had a lot more time to discuss all of these, these breaking stories that are taking place, especially, you know, the supposed invasion of Ukraine. But that story, yeah, coming up pretty soon about uh, Chinese troops in Canada— Really crazy story. It is uh, a really, really crazy story. And one. we only scratched the surface of it, really. Yeah, so, true. But it, that's, again, coming up. Speaking of crazies and stories and whatnot, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Praise be to God. I saw Even that you were about to get drafted. You, you, were, uh, you were tweeting or messaging, rather, about the uh, invasion at, yeah. uh, at 10.34 p.m. Yeah, so I was, uh, I was out. Uh, we had Apostles Night at church, so I went to that. And uh, I'm driving home. I walk into my apartment and I see my roommates sitting on the couch like, God, dude, Adrian, you have no, what do you, I can't believe what just happened. I'm like, what, what happened? And they're like, dude, you don't know what happened? I'm like, 
I'm, I've been busy, dude. I just, <laughs> I've been uh, hanging out and chatting and not worrying about the news. Have a job. And, <laughs> and he was like, Adrian, uh, we've been drafted. Exactly. And he's like, dude, Russia invaded. They did it. It's well, over. And so that, that, was, uh, that was how I of, came home. I was like, okay. Well, kind of go. invaded. <laughs> they kind of invaded. Uh, there's just been some uh, missile attacks at this point or air attacks at this point. So we'll see if it gets worse. But I know there are a lot of Ukrainians waking up this morning that are extremely nervous about all of this. And they are uh, jamming traffic up over there in Kiev. Is it Kiev or Kiev? I've heard it pronounced Said both Kiev. ways. Kiev. Kiev. Kiev, Kiev. It's forever Kiev. Right. Uh, they're, they're seeking shelter. Let's pray for them. Let's pray for peace today. Don't forget to join our email list tonight. Not only are we going to be praying for peace in this world, but uh, we're launching an initiative for the holy season of Lent. I'm going to be putting out a public calendar. I'm asking you, dear listener, to join us in praying, fasting, and doing penance. Not, I think we're going to add peace uh, as well to it, but for the for the conversion of sinners, really, for the conversion of heretics and especially uh, great blasphemers, you know, we want to not leave these souls left out there, just no one praying for them. And Our Lady has warned us in 1917, she said, so many souls go to hell because that no one prays for them. So for this Lent, we want to cover every single day of the holy season of Lent in prayer, fasting, and penance to pray specifically for heretics and, and blasphemers and sinners like you and me, for instance, you know? We want to pray for those souls that no one else prays for. Would you join me in that? So I'm going to send you an email tonight with instructions on how you can claim a day for you, possibly your family, to offer a prayer, fasting, and penance. So make sure you're on our email list. You can go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt, and you can sign up. Just click on the CDT Insider email link and you'll get right to the instructions. It's super fast and easy, and I promise I will harass your inbox at least once a week, but it's all good because I give you extra content that we don't share on the show, so uh, it's a win-win for everybody. But in addition to that, you could also pull out your cell phone and join our email list super quick by texting the letters G-R-N to the number 42828. So pull out your phone, go to the text uh, app, and type in the letters GRN, and the number is 42828. So text GRN to 42828. That gets you on the email list as well. Let's pray. Let's jump in. We've got a lot to cover. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your breaking news with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Thursday, February 24th, and these are your headlines. LifeSet reports Texas governor declares transgender drugs and surgeries are child abuse and orders investigations. Texas Governor Greg Abbott directed all state agencies to consider transgender drugs and surgeries for minors as child abuse. Abbott's directive noted that state law requires medical professionals and teachers to report child abuse or face criminal punishment. Texas law also imposes a duty on DFPS to investigate the parents of a child who is subjected to these abusive gender transitioning procedures and on other state agencies to investigate licensed facilities where such procedures may occur, the governor added. 
The Washington Times reports Justin Trudeau revokes emergency powers after Canada blockades end. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau announced Wednesday he is removing emergency powers police can use after authorities ended protests by those opposed to COVID-19 restrictions. The Emergencies Act allows authorities to declare certain areas as no-go zones. It also allows police to freeze truckers' personal and corporate bank accounts and compel low-truck tow-truck companies to haul away vehicles. And Breitbart reports Putin announces special military operation for demilitarization of Ukraine. Russian President Vladimir Putin declared war on Ukraine in a surprise television announcement at roughly 10 p.m. Eastern yesterday. The decision was made after Ukraine attacked two separatist regions recognized by the Kremlin earlier this week. This is a red line and I have spoken that I have spoken of many times. They have crossed it, he said, accusing Ukrainians of genocide. A couple of words for those who would be tempted to intervene. Russia will respond immediately and you will have consequences that you never have had before in your history, he added. And the Blaze reports Ukraine's parliament votes to allow citizens to carry guns and act in self-defense amid Russian invasion. As Russia continues to threaten a full-scale military invasion, the Ukrainian parliament on Wednesday approved a draft law giving citizens permission to carry firearms and act in self-defense. Gun shops are reportedly experiencing long lines already as Ukrainian citizens bolt to purchase guns, ammunition, and sniper rifles. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is Saint Adela. Saint Adela was born sometime around the year 1067 and was the, the youngest daughter of William the Conqueror, Duke of Normandy and King of England, and his wife Mathilda of Flanders. Adela, Adela was very well educated and spoke several languages and was deeply religious. Around the year 1080, she married Stephen III, Count of Blois, who was one of the richest men in Europe. Together, they had 11 children, and Adela supported the scholars and the poets at her court, and this significantly contributed to the spiritual and cultural life of her time. She continued this support all of her life, and she also generously endowed abbeys and churches with money so they could expand and preserve the culture and arts of the time. Adela also corresponded on ecclesiastical matters with the Bishop of Le Mans. In 1095, Stephen became one of the leaders of the First Crusade, whose purpose was to reclaim the Holy Land for the Christians. During the four years that he was away in the Holy Land, Adela controlled hundreds of his estates in France and was so effective in her governance that she became known as the heroine of the First Crusade. Stephen returned home for a time during which Adela conceived their youngest son, but then went back to the Holy Land where he was killed in battle in 1102. Adela then became regnant for the eldest son of his, her eldest son, Theobald, who ruled her his father's estate. In 1109, Theobald was old enough to rule on his own, but Adela continued to exert influence over the estates by her good advice. In 1122, when her children were grown, Adela became a nun in a convent that followed the rule of life given by St. Benedict. While in the convent, she was overjoyed that her youngest son, Henry, was made a bishop in 1129. Adela lived in the convent in prayer and humility until her death in 1137. Saint Adela, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Mark chapter 9, verses 41 through 50. Jesus said to his disciples, Anyone who gives you a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ 
Amen, I say to you, will surely not lose his reward. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a great millstone were put around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed than with two hands to go into Gehenna, into the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life crippled than with two feet to be thrown into Gehenna. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Better for you to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into Gehenna, where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if salt becomes insipid, with what will you restore its flavor? Keep salt in yourselves and you will have peace with one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Morally, St. Chrysostom, as quoted in Ignatius' commentary today, says, Severing bodily limbs signifies the amputation of intimate friends. When close companions drag Christians away from holiness, they must be cut away. It is better for us to enter heaven without them than to maintain their company in everlasting misery. Oof. Yikes. Close quote. St. John Chrysostom. Pray for us. St. Gregory the Great. Well, he said this. Mystically, by a millstone is expressed the tedious round and toil of a secular life. And by the depths of the sea, the worst damnation is pointed out. He who therefore, after having been brought to a profession of sanctity, destroys others either by word or example. It had been, uh, it had been indeed better for him that his worldly deeds should render him liable to death under a secular garb than that his holy office should hold him out as an example for others in his faults, because doubtless if he had fallen alone, his pain in hell would have been a more tolerable kind. Ooh, close quote, St. Gregory the Great, pray for us. There's so much that can be dived into in this particular passage, but we won't have time. We'll have more time in the next hour if you can join us for that. But coming up after this quick break, we're going to jump into a conversation with two investigative journalists about Chinese troops in Canada. With military drills, hand-to-hand combat, self-defense, and more, firearms training, what is going on in Canada? Do the Canadians approve of this? Do Americans know about it? All of that coming up, and much more after this quick break. Catholic Drive Time will be right back. Share us with a friend. Atheists often justify their atheism by saying there's no scientific evidence for God. But this is problematic for two reasons. First, science can no more detect God than a metal detector can detect plastic cups. God, who is immaterial, is beyond the scope of scientific inquiry because science is restricted to detecting matter. This leads to a second critique. The argument confuses method with reality. Science's inability to detect God says nothing whether or not God exists. It's simply a manifestation of the limitations of its detecting powers. 
To say God doesn't exist because science can't detect him is to confuse the limitations of the method for knowing reality with what is real. So it really doesn't matter that science can't detect God, and therefore is not a justifiable reason to be an atheist. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. There will come a day when each of us will be asked to review the movie of our life and give an account to God. We will sorrowfully relive the bad times and joyfully revisit the good. Thankfully, no matter what you've done, there is hope. Since Jesus came not to condemn the world, but to save it. So if you've been away from church for a while, we invite you to come home and find the peace that only comes from God. Visit catholicscomehome.org. Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Edward Penton, journalist from National Catholic Register, is going to be on our program. We're going to be talking about the Pope's latest meeting with one of the Ecclesia Dei communities, the FSSP, and his, his I guess, uh, allowing them to continue to use the traditional form of uh, the sacraments, praise be to God. What does it mean? What can we expect? And is is all the information on the table at this point? We're going to have that conversation with journalist Edward Penton at 35 past the hour. Here's a story that I wonder if, if you've heard before. Chinese troops in Canada doing drills. What is going on here? There's a book out called The Mosaic Effect, how the Chinese Communist Party started a war in America's backyard, the authors of which are joining us now, uh, Ina Mitchell and Scott McGregor. Good morning. Thank you for your time and being on with us today. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. So there are some crazy videos of what looks like Chinese troops in uniform in Canada. Tell us the story. Well, Joe, this is um, a, a real mystery that's right up there with the James uh, James Bond plot. Um, <laughs> it started about two years ago uh, when the RCMP held a press conference um, and to announce the murder of a Chinese national named Bo Fan. Mm. Bo Fan had only been in Canada for probably about a year, and uh, she joined a what China calls a cult um, or has branded a cult called Create Abundance. And the RCMP, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, simply didn't know much about them. And we're, we're actually asking the public to help them, um, you know, fill them in on who is this group. We have a very large Chinese diaspora here. And uh, I think they were probably hoping to get some more information. Now, um, at the same time, coincidentally, um, Scott and I, my partner, were um, informed by one of our sources that there was this really odd video on YouTube that had maybe 30 hits, not a lot of hits. And it was um, what looked like an army running down this remote uh, part of an, of an actually remote island. So it was the corner tip of a remote island. Now, it, it, this island is called Salt Spring Island. It's about two hours from Vancouver, and it's only accessible by uh, boat or uh, seaplane. Mm. So um, on this island, the remotest part of the island is where this fella who took the video um, actually saw what looked like a, a Chinese army troop running down the street. And he filmed it. He's, he's, his name is uh, Banana Joe. <laughs> he's a local tropical plant um, aficionado, and uh, he just had, happened to have his camera that day. He was going out looking for plants to take pictures of. And so he posted that, 
And it sat there for a long time and people just didn't know what to think about it. And we had talked with him and, and he had told us that people just thought it was a conspiracy theory, never thought much about it. Now, Scott and I came across it, we looked at it and we realized that after having talked with, with Banana Joe, that the same uh, place that this troop was running to where they were staying on the island was in fact the same uh, cult that Bo Fan was attached to. Two different locations, two or three hours apart, one only accessible by boat and seaplane, and the other one right beside the U.S. border. Wow, that's that's a crazy story. Again, we're talking with Ina Mitchell, Scott McGregor. The book is called Mosaic Effect, the how the Chinese Communist Party started a war in America's backyard. Let me ask you a question for clarity. You said Vancouver, so we're talking the Pacific Northwest here. Yes, right. yes. We're two hours from Seattle, up from Seattle, right beside the ocean, right beside um, the Peace Arch border crossing. Now, Scott, I know that you served in intelligence in the Canadian military, so you've got a background here. I, 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 the only time I heard about this story is when I watched your interview on Joshua Phillips' Crossroads. Uh, this surprises me from your background, Scott. Wouldn't this be a red flag to at least the Americans? Uh, the, are the Canadians okay with this? So the Canadians aren't okay with it. Um, there's certainly a lot of questions being asked. I know that um, what's been revealed uh, through media um, has, you know, opened some people's eyes to uh, what's potentially going on. It's difficult to say. Um, I know you mentioned the word troops, and that I think that's the initial reaction was that people had, had thought that the Chinese, um, you know, their their People's Liberation Army were acting uh, on Canadian soil. Now, you know, we can't, you know, prove or disprove that. The fact is that those those troops that we saw or the people that we saw um, and are identified as belonging to this cult and were conducting uh, like a boot camp style training on this island were wearing Chinese uh, People's Liberation Army uniforms. And those aren't something that you just pick up at the general store here, a surplus store or something like that. That's these these are uh, these have insignia on them. Um, they're pretty rare. It'd be something you'd have to have, you know, brought in. And there was a lot, like hundreds of these people. Um, so it's it's not a. And there's different. There was different uniforms. You know, through our research, we we found that um, they, they had different forms of their camouflage. So yeah, there's definitely a lot more going on than meets the eye. Um, our aim was to create awareness, you know, and uh, you know, bring to attention that this kind of activity was happening. So those were some of the bigger concerns that uh, you know we wanted to raise and hopefully draw more attention to. So I'm wondering what were the what were the cult members doing on this island? Is there any evidence of of what they were up to? Were they just training? Are they just having a good time up there? What what, what did you find out in your investigation? So you know some of the things that we found out um, that were very significant is is that they were conducting training of different types. Um, they were conducting firearms training, um, which in Canada is, is, is well restricted. You have to go through a special licensing program to be able to, um, to fire firearms and own firearms and that kind of thing. Um, and through our research, we identified many cult members that had um, gone and gotten their licensing and, and were practicing uh, firearms. There was an elite portion of this cult that uh, that uh, conducted the military style training. There, there was uh, there was connections to 
what's what is a known organized crime figure uh, in the Asian community um, who was training them in hand-to-hand combat. Um, so they were attending this this person's gymnasium, um, well, gym with with all of its uh, its uh, capabilities and. Yeah, that was a bit concerning when we started to piece some of these things together because um, in Vancouver, we've identified that we have, you know, the state, the party and organized crime working together. You know, through my time with the uh, RCMP's Federal Service Organized Crime, uh, through the military, um, some of my training, and I also worked for the Attorney General's office. And we had a lot of money laundering and that kind of thing going on in our gaming industry, which started a public inquiry. We find that all of these things have been working together and they've been working with some other nations as well. Um, so this is where we start to speak about hybrid warfare and, you know, the sharp power, the soft power, um, transnational organized crime, threat finance. Those things are all <clears throat> extremely um, saturated in this region. It's it's of significant importance to, um, to the U.S., um, while I was working with the RCMP, I, I brought in a bunch of intelligence analysts and uh, some senior intelligence officials from the Five Eyes community, from Australia, the United States, Great Britain, um, and New Zealand. And um, I held think tanks on a military base where we discussed um, the hybrid warfare that was occurring here. And that was that was eye-opening for a lot of these countries. They didn't quite realize how significant it was. But when they went back and started doing their own collection, um, on using classified means, etc. A lot of these things were validated, um, which you know initiated more more interest in the Vancouver region, so the Lower Mainland they call it the LMD, mm. um, and how it can impact everyone else. So it, it's very significant. The Five Eyes Intelligence Community is aware. The government's mm. aware. I briefed them personally. So. Uh, Ina, let's come back to you for a second here. This group, you used the word cult, so maybe you can be help us with clarity here. What, who exactly is this group, and and who's claiming they're a cult? Is it the communist government? That's who's claiming that they're a cult? Well, that's it, that's a, an interesting question because um, when we looked into them, they have several names. Um, they came here in 2014. And, you know, if you go online, and it's hard to believe everything, you know, when you go and you look at state media and you read some of what they say about the call, it's very hard to tell how much of it is planted there or how much of it is genuine. But the suggestion was that um, they were kind of pushed out of China and that they chose to come to Canada. And that was around 2014. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, China doesn't, as you know, um, take to uh, religion too much and they don't, they're, mm-hmm. an, you know, atheist nation. And uh, so that was sort of the backstory they were trying to sell. Now, we're not so sure we believe that. Um, I, I think that we think it's probably more a case of them being sent here. It was around 2014 and when they came here and it was around that time that the leadership kind of changed and two, um, two individuals joined the organization in the leadership capacity and they had definite ties to the CCP. Wow. And at the same time, at the same time, back in China, and, and think about this for a moment, they, uh, they're fleeing, you know, that's their story. They're fleeing religious persecution. But yet at, this, at the same time, they set up a foundation in their name um, and start to work with the Chinese government 
and collecting money to give to various charitable causes. So it really doesn't make sense, you know, that on one hand, they're saying that they're refugees fleeing, mm. they're, brand, they're brandished as a, as a cult. But on the other hand, they're also working with the Chinese government with this foundation, charitable foundation. So it doesn't really make much sense. Um, a number of the cult leaders were allegedly put in jail. And yet we would find at the time that they were supposed to be in jail, we would find evidence of these same people being in Paris at <laughs> a fashion show. So things weren't really quite wow. lining up. Now, we only have about a couple of minutes left in our conversation with Scott McGregor, Ina Mitchell, and their book, The Mosaic Effect, How the Chinese Communist Party Started a War in America's Backyard. Here's a question. So did they come and go? I mean, going back to those military uniforms for a second, you know, again, you can't find that stuff just any old where. So are these people still on that island or have they just come and gone? Two minutes left on the clock. Scott? Uh, well, really quickly, um, there was some some things that happened with the uh, the resort. Um, in fact, it uh, burned down. <laughs> wow! And, uh, so the mystery whether that, deepens. Uh, was by design or not is a, a good question. But uh, certainly, if you were you had information or anything that was in that location, it's it's no longer there. Um, so oh, wow. yeah, I, I believe that it's still here. It's still operating. Um, likely a little more underground than it was before. It was very overt. Um, you know, these big, huge worship meetings that they would have at, at uh, fancy halls and that kind mm -hmm. of thing. Um, these were people from all over the world that were coming to these. A hundred people flew in from all over the world to receive this training. You know, and it's it's kind of curious. It looked a lot like they were trained to be spies. Um, you know, the younger generation, which people try to push off. A lot of people try to discredit this um, and think that it's, you know, Cub Scouts or paintball team or something like that. And it is not. I'll uh, tell you right now, it is very serious. Last question really quick because we're running out of time. Is the American government aware of this? Nina? I think that's a question for Scott, actually. <laughs> well, we have just seconds on the Go clock. Is yes, they are aware. Okay, good. Praise God. All right, uh, we are out of time. We may have to have you back to follow up. Ina Mitchell, Scott McGregor. The book is called The Mosaic Effect, How the Chinese Communist Party Started a War in America's Backyard. Thank you both for your time today. God bless you. God love you. And have a great day. All right, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Breaking news coming up next. Looking for a Catholic university where the greatest works of Western and Catholic tradition are the foundation for learning, all in an environment that is faithful to the magisterium? Recommended by the Cardinal Newman Society, the University of Dallas offers an exceptional liberal arts education, preserving the wisdom of the past while preparing students for the world-changing futures. Academically excellent, always faithful. Apply today at udallas.edu. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, the Catholic Church is just out of touch? It's going to have to change if it ever hopes to be relevant in today's world. But G.K. Chesterton says, we do not need a church that will move with the world. We need a church that will move the world. It's not that the church has to change, it's that the world has to change, and it's up to us, as the church, to change the world. That is the call to conversion. We don't convert the world by giving in to it. Chesterton says, The world is converted by the saint that contradicts it most. I guess that explains why in an age that worships money, sex, and power, the most influential woman in the modern world was a tiny little nun taking care of the sick and dying in the streets of Calcutta. 
Want more than a minute? Visit Chesterton.org. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now, more headlines. One American News reports Ukraine to impose state of emergency, but no martial law yet. Ukraine will introduce a nationwide state of emergency in which special restrictions will apply in order to keep the country calm and protect its economy amid fears of Russian invasion. Introducing a state of emergency gives powers to the authorities who can choose which ones to implement. These could include restrictions on transport, extra protection for critical infrastructure, and ban on strikes. Breitbart reports police published footage of axe-wielding mob attack on a Canadian pipeline. The Royal Canadian Mounted Police in Houston, or maybe it's Houston, British Columbia, has released footage of an attack on a gas pipeline construction site by masked attackers that caused millions of dollars worth of damage. Several construction vehicles were heavily damaged in the attack of the coastal gas link camp near Houston. Police say that around 20 people took part in the attack in which security guards were attacked, as well as a number of mounted police who were injured after the attackers threw smoke bombs and lit fire sticks at officers. And Reuters reports U.S. US mortgage applications tumble last week. U.S. mortgage applications plunged to their lowest level in more than two years last week as rising mortgage rates diminished for uh, diminished demands for loans to purchase homes and refinancing activity. The Mortgage Bankers Association said its measure of mortgage loan application volume tumbled by 13%, the lowest since December 2019. And the Blaze reports dangerous by design. Metaverse apps allow children to access immersive digital sex clubs. A researcher who went undercover in the metaverse as a 13-year-old girl witnessed grooming, graphic sexual material, and threats of rape by adults. The researcher used an app with a minimum age rating of 13 and visited virtual reality rooms where other users' uh, avatars were simulating explicit acts. A British charity dedicated to the welfare of children warns that the metaverse is dangerous by design as there is very little content moderation. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. Oh, Rudy, that's a horrible story. Good yes. God. Yikes. But Don't let your kids on the metaverse. Yeah, thanks for keeping us up to date. Praise be to God. Joining us right now is Edward Penton, uh, coming to us via phone from Rome. He is with National Catholic Register. We've had him on several times in the past. Praise be to God. He's got a couple of stories out we want to jump into. Good morning to you, Edward Penton. Good morning, sir. Thank you for your time today. Uh, you have a, an article out on, uh, the headline goes, Traditional Catholics' fears lessened with papal decree, but questions remain. And so this was uh, a kind of a surprise to a lot of traditional Catholics. I go to an FSSP parish, and so we were pleasantly surprised at this news, but we wonder what it, what it means. So tell us, what happened in this recent meeting between the FSSP and His Holiness Pope Francis? Right. Well, it dates back to Traditionis Custodes, which was the motu proprio that the Pope uh, issued last July, which um, is put severe restrictions on on the traditional mass, the traditional sacraments, and there was no distinction made really between uh, traditional priests and communities. And so, the traditional communities, like the FSSP, uh, were under the impression that it also applied to them. Though there was never any clear uh, anything clear clearly said about that. Um, so what this um, what this development said was after a meeting between two priests from the FSSP with uh, the Pope on uh, earlier this month, is that um, they discussed it, uh, whether these uh, restrictions did apply to them, 
the Pope said that uh, Judicium as Custodius did not apply to them, and that um, they're free to continue to use the liturgical books of 1962. So in other words, they could still continue celebrating the sacraments as before. Um, uh, he said the provisions uh, should be respected in Traditionis Custodis, but he did say that, nevertheless, the merger proprio did not apply to them. And so they asked for, the, for this to be made put in writing, and sure enough, the Pope uh, issued a decree um, which was published by the uh, fraternity, the priestly fraternity of St. Peter, and uh, so that gave them the, the definitive um, decision from the Pope that these that um, they could continue basically as as before, but it only applies to the FSSP, and uh, we haven't actually had a sort of uh, official Vatican um, confirmation of this decree. We've only had it from the FSSP, so there's, there's questions remaining. That's just a few of them. Edward, I'm I'm wondering here that when the news broke, we saw uh, you know the article come out and. It was two French priests, but not the superior general of the of the FSSP. Do we have any idea as to why that was? I think that was, um, I think partly because I believe one of the priests is friends with uh, a cardinal who brokered this meeting, which is Cardinal Philippe Barberin. Um, he is the full archbishop of, of Lyon in France. Um, and so that was partly why he came. I think it was also because they thought it was better if a sort of more junior priests went rather than uh, the superior general. Um, and so that's what happened. So those two went instead. Uh, but um, yes, and that, that's, how it, that's how it came about. They, they requested this meeting with the Pope, and the Pope obviously uh, agreed to it. You know, Edward, it was uh, very interesting to me when this came out. Uh, people were celebrating, and uh, praise be to God. But at the same time, a lot of people, and myself included, were very skeptical of this uh, very this action. I mean, it seems very contrary to a lot of the other things that the Holy Father has said. And so I, I pray and hope that it turns out to be the solution that many people uh, think it is and that it firstly appears to be. But my concern is that nowhere in the document uh, that is say, like for, well, for one, like you said, uh, their document is not for public uh, – it's not – publicly given out by the Vatican yet. You can't find it on the Vatican website. So that's one concern. The other concern is that nowhere in it does it say that they can celebrate it exclusively or without further conditions or restrictions. It simply says they have the right to say it. Uh, and they, and they, if they continue saying the Mass, they can only say it in their own parishes. They can't say it elsewhere. And they are to, quote, as far as possible, the provisions of the motu proprio are to be taken into account. Uh, so how would you respond to these kind of concerns? Should we uh, this alleviate all of our fears, or should we be on the lookout? Well, there's a lot of unknowns, and I, I, I had comments from the Superior General, Father Komorowski of the FSSB, and he, he's also un, unaware of exactly how this is going to work out. Um, I think they're just waiting and seeing uh, how or whether the, the Vatican's going to still impose certain restrictions, as you say, or whether <clears throat> or whether they can, as I said earlier, be, be free to celebrate as before. So it, there are a lot of unknowns, and it's really, um, we'll know, I think, more when this predicted document comes out, which is from the Congregation for Religious. Um, we know that there is some document in the works from them, um, but uh, I understand that they're rather upset about this because um, they were not expecting uh, the Pope to do this, and I think also Archbishop Roach of the Congregation for Religious, who 
who, in an interview with the Register that I, I did with him, he said that uh, that they were uh, that, that basically the right of ordination in the old right was no longer valid. It was no longer allowed, rather, um, under the, the that responser, which was a sort of an application document that was issued in December. So, so there. Those two congregations, I think, are feeling a little, perhaps a bit undercut um, by this announcement by the Pope. And we may see in this upcoming document by the Congregation for Religious some sort of um, further clearer definitions of exactly what this decree means and what it means also for the other institutes. I want to ask about that again as a follow-up, the other institutes, because you said a, a minute ago that it only applied to the FSSP or this personal decree from His Holiness to the FSSP. Uh, I want to say that uh, I read a statement from the FSSP that they thought it would apply to the others, the Institute of Christ the King or Institute du Bon Pasteur. I mean, so how will that roll out? Do you think it will apply, or do you think they also have to make the trip to Rome to visit His Holiness? Well, this is this is another big question because, yes, you're right, the FSSP does think it applies to the others, at least they imply it does, um, but uh, the decree itself only speaks about the FSSP, and so and from a legal point of view, um, it's whatever's in the decree that, that really carries carries weight. So, um, again, we're going to have to see just whether it does apply to the others. Um, I think certainly other institutes are going to be keen that, that it does, and they're going to possibly be pushing for that. Um, but, uh, again, it's it's hard to say. But, of course, throughout this, it's been rather... Um, I think the criticism has been it's been really not well handled at all for the traditional institutes. I mean, it's been seven months since Traditionis Custodius came out, came out, and they've been kind of in the dark for all that time. They don't know; they've not known whether these these rules apply to them. And in fact, in the Diocese of Rome here, they they were effectively banned from six of the seven sacraments, the traditional sacraments, from celebrating them um, because of a a document that the uh, Diocese of Rome put out uh, in October, and that seemed to apply to, across the board to all of the traditional institutes and priests. Um, so, so since then, they've they've not been celebrating all of the sacraments in the in the fraternity parish here. Um, but now this this document comes out and and most probably overrides it. So, so there's a lot of confusion and a lot of um, uh, ways I think people thought this could have been handled better. You think it's possible, we're up against a break here in just a minute, but do you think it's possible that because the Vatican hasn't released this personal decree yet publicly, the FSSP has their copy, but I guess, but uh, it's not been released publicly, do you think that the, the uh, Congregation for Divine Worship will just simply pretend as though it didn't happen? Well, I mean, this is one argument, you're right, and the, the fact that they can say, well, you know, the Vatican hasn't said this and it's not... It's not, a, it's not sort of legally defined in a sort of formal way that they can sort of get round this. That is certainly a concern. But, but again, we're just going to have to see what happens over the next, um, the next few weeks, I think. All right, hold that thought. Edward Penton is our guest, National Catholic Register. Great uh, conversation we're having about the FSSB. I have a few questions about that, but there's another story coming out of the Vatican that Edward has reported on. Uh, assisted suicide. Do we support that now? Hmm, we're going to talk about that on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere. Catholic Drive Time. We'll be right back. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. 
Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Our family has spanned the centuries and the globe. With God's grace, we started hospitals to care for the sick. We established orphanages and helped the poor. We are the largest charitable organization on the planet, bringing comfort to those in need. We educate more children than any other institution. We developed the scientific method and founded the college system. We defend the dignity of human life and uphold marriage. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are transformed by sacred scripture and sacred tradition, which have guided us for 2,000 years. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the sacraments and fullness of the Christian faith, Jesus started our church when he said to Peter, the first pope, You are rock, and upon this rock I will build my church. So if you've been away from the Catholic Church, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. We are Catholic. Welcome home. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Uh, good morning. We're, we're keeping a close eye on what's going on in the Ukraine. If anything more develops, we'll certainly let you know. Uh, but we're on the conversation with Edward Penton from the National Catholic Register, who has some great articles out that we're discussing. Traditional Catholics' fears lessened with papal decree, but questions remain is the one we're talking about at the moment. Uh, Edward, welcome back to the show. I wanted to ask you how you thought the bishops will respond to this news. I, I, we've been very blessed where I'm at right now. We've, we have a wonderful FSSP community. It's growing. It's busting at the seams. And we enjoy that. We've not had really any pressure here locally. But I know a lot of bishops have been like, oh, you know, what do I do here? They've been on the fence. Some have been heavy-handed. Others have been light. And how do you think the bishops are going to respond to this information? Well, I think a bit like um, how they've been doing it so far. I think some are just ignoring it. Some are, are um, ignoring rather the restrictions and carrying on as before. And some, of course, are not and, and taking it further and, and applying it to the letter. But I think there's, um, because the, there is questions over the, the canonical aspects of not so much Traditionis Custodis, but this follow-up document that the Congregation for Divine Worship issued in December about uh, called the Responsa Ad Dubia, um, which issued further restrictions which weren't really coherent with, with Traditionis Custodis and so undermined their sort of canonical force uh, or certainly cast into doubt uh, some questions regarding the, the canonical force of the, that document. But, um, but there's a lot of ambiguities about all of this. And now we've got this new decree, which, which as I said earlier, um, has also some legal uh, questions about it, but, um, but is obviously in favor of the Institute's or at least the FSSP, <clears throat> then you've got um, these questions, which I think I think bishops will find it kind of weakens the authority of these documents, and so they might feel free simply to carry on as before, or act arbitrarily and 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 uh, follow follow through with these documents as as they've been put out to the letter. So so again, it, it's it's a, there is a certain uh, a lawlessness about this, uh, and that's been criticised before, um, and I think these, these documents, because they weren't actually scrutinized very much by, by canonical experts, that there, there, are, there are concerns about these documents and just how, how um, legally forceful they can be and whether they really um, could be seen through as, as uh, seem to be really um, 
effective and and have that force of law that, that the Pope or those behind them would like them to have. You know, one of the other things that I foresee as an issue here, speaking of the bishops, is the fact that the fraternity does not have any bishops, and this assurance from Pope Francis does not promise them a, a permission to receive ordinations in the 62 Missal, uh, in the 62 Rite, and uh, therefore, who would it be? What bishop will then be allowed to ordain them? Uh, will they be required then to receive ordination in the new rite? But then they say, well, you just have to be ordained in the new rite, and then you get to say the 62 missile for the rest of your stuff. Uh, so how do you know, have any idea of how that will shake out? Well, I think according to that decree, I think it's all the sacraments, including the ordinations, uh, holy orders, uh, are included in that. So uh, I, it seems to overrule that uh, the response that I mentioned in December, which seemed to to rule out traditional ordinations. And so, um, again, we're left with a sort of contradictory uh, messages coming from the Vatican. And so, as as the Superior General of the Episcopal Speed told me last uh, a couple of days ago, it's just, basically, it's really up to the bishop to decide what he wants to do. And mm. he seems to be free to choose whichever sort of legal stipulation that's been put out there to to use and and so it's all very arbitrary and it's we're just going to have to see again uh, what the bishops want to do with this um, but they seem quite free to do whatever they like depending on how they interpret these these documents coming out of the Vatican and to shift topics just a little bit um, the, the right before this meeting happened with the fraternity and the Holy Father the Society of St. Pius X had a meeting with the Holy Father, and I'm not sure, you did not report on this, and so I don't know how much you would know or not know about it, but I thought I might as well ask. I heard rumor yesterday that there were discussions with the Holy Father and the Society about consecrating new bishops and, and uh, understanding the recognition of the status of some of their members who left their diocese or left religious communities to join the society. Do you know if there's any veracity to those uh, rumors? Well, I've heard uh, various, um, nothing official, of course, but that, that um, the Pope did meet the Superior General of the, of the Society of St. Pius X uh, earlier this month, but I've heard nothing more, and I, I don't nothing official has been put out and so i can't really add much to that but i i do know that there are concerns from the ssbx about this, the consecration of new bishops um and it's quite conceivable that they that was discussed if if that visit did indeed happen but i'm afraid i can't i can't confirm any more about that let me ask you one last question about this story before we move on. Uh, one of the other things that kind of came up with this, with the reorganization of the CDW was um, the schizophrenia, that's, at least that's how I'm characterizing it anyway. Uh, you have, it seems like they're singularly focused on the TLM, but the, what about the ordinariate? I mean, that is that now under scrutiny? What about the other rites within the Roman Church uh, that are... Giving a, they're getting a pass. Only the TLM gets scrutinized and and uh, suppressed. What is going on there? Any insight, Edward Penton? Yes, it's a good question, and I I don't know quite why the the reasons what the reasons are for that. But I do, I do think a major motivation for this these this sort of uh, restrictions for the traditional mass uh, come from the fact that uh, a lot of the critics of Pope Francis are within those communities and within the traditional mass going uh, faithful. And so I think um, these are very much a reaction to that. I, I don't think those criticisms, at least 
in the Vatican are seen as coming from these other groups. And so it really is um, a sort of crackdown on that sort of uh, what they see as a sort of schismatic tendencies in, among these uh, groups because they're, they're criticizing the Pope and not going along with the post-conciliar uh, direction that he's taking the church. Um, and so that's, that, I think, is the main reason for this. Yeah. Let's uh, switch topics here. We're talking with Edward Penton from the National Catholic Register. We have about uh, four and a half minutes or so left, and uh, there's another article you put out. It, the headline goes, Pontifical Academy for Life Members Support for Assisted Suicide Draws Criticism. Um, what is going on here? Why would members of the Pontifical Academy for Life uh, support assisted suicide? What's the story, Edward Penton? Right. Well, I mean, it's not as though they support it per se, but what they, what these two members were advocating was that they should, there's a, there's a refer, a call for a referendum in Italy, uh, this month, um, for a voluntary euthanasia and the constitutional court ruled it out. But before then, these two members were, were suggesting there are ways in which, uh, voluntary euthanasia could be prevented by, uh, allowing assisted Suicide, and their their reasoning was, well, if you allow that, then we can we can focus on on resisting voluntary euthanasia. Uh, it was a sort of tactic they were trying to use. It's called the imperfect laws principle, where you you have politicians who vote for abortion up to 16 weeks instead of 24 weeks, and that's seen as a kind of ethical uh, way of trying to reduce abortion and eventually eliminating it. But the critics have argued that this is not possible and it's, it's not, it cannot be applied in this case because they're both you know, intrinsic evils and they cannot, um, it's, it's only going to pave the way to, to euthanasia. And so, but these two, um, members thought this was a way to go. One of them is a Jesuit who is, uh, a form, a physician who, who teaches moral theology at the Pontifical Gregorian University here in Rome and he, he was um, just putting out this in La Civiltà Cattolica, which is a, the Jesuit uh, journal, at the end of January, uh, saying that this was um, this this should be done, this could be tried, and he thought it could be successful, but but it hasn't been. But the main problem here is that you've had two members of the academy uh, basically supporting this proposal and this this uh, this 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 tactic, if you like, publicly, and that. Um, that's been the biggest problem with this because sure they might have these views privately, but to speak out as one of them did, sort of in the in the name of the academy, upset the other academy members, and they thought this was scandalous and uh, causing scandal. Are these so members? Was, uh, are these members yeah. going to continue being members of the Pontifical Academy for Life? Well, that's a good question because they they've kind of reached the statute. The statute's order; they're not supposed to say anything that goes contrary to the magisterium. And um, you know, critics say that this certainly does do. So, but uh, I did ask the Academy if they were going to sort of impose some sort of sanction on them, but they, they, they didn't respond. So, um, but I think uh, after this, I think there'll be pressure from the other members not to do this again and to, to work together and to try to, you know, come to common common positions rather than than putting out these 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 ideas which they see as, as scandalous and, and contrary to the, to the purpose of the academy. 
Are they given are they given so, some free reign here to think outside the box, if you will? I mean, it would seem to me that if you're going to be a member of the Pontifical Academy for Life, y- your playbook, your rules are simply the church, what the church teaches, what she believes uh, about these issues, and you don't you don't exceed those, or else you shouldn't be a part of the Pontifical Academy of Life. What say you, Edward Penn? Yeah, well, exactly, and I think because um, they wouldn't see it that way, they'd say, well, this is that that trying to support a lesser evil to prevent a greater evil. That was the way they were looking at it. Um, but again, you know, the, the problem here is the fact that they kind of made their musings public and they, they instead of uh, discussing these, you know, to, uh, privately, as I said before, and, mm. and trying to come to some sort of conclusion and then coming to a common position publicly, they, they wanted to go out before that and just make these, these ideas um, sort of throw them out as a bit of kite flying, I suppose, to see how they would be received. But instead of, the better way would have been to just discuss them. All right. Well, Edward Penton, National Catholic Register, thank you for your time today. We're very grateful to have you on and uh, sharing these the insight on these stories. God bless you. God love you. Have a great day, Edward. My pleasure. Thank you. All right. Praise be to God. That's going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. Thank you all for joining us and being a part of it. If you can and you are able to hang out with us for the next hour, we would love to have you. We will continue on with uh, good news stories and Saint of the Day, Gospel Day, our game show, and even our after show. And we are keeping an eye on the uh, the story out of Ukraine. I was going to say the Ukraine. It's not the Ukraine. It's just Ukraine. But at any rate, we're going to keep an eye on that. And if anything develops, we will certainly let you know. If you can join us on our website as well, you can live stream us at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you then. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Your Odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in their pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. If you had the chance to sit down for 10 minutes with the world's greatest teacher, would you take it? One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. If you said yes, you're in luck. Go take out your Bible, and you can spend 10 minutes or even more with the Spirit of the Living God. Who has a better teacher or greater expert than the Holy Spirit? In his rule, St. Benedict sends us to the Bible every day, and it's free. Second Timothy tells us all scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for refutation, for correction, 
and for training in righteousness. If we truly believe that the Bible is God's inspired word, what holds us back from turning to it each day? For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com. O-N-E MinuteMonk.com. If we truly believe that the Bible is God's inspired word, what holds us back from turning to it each day? Hey, Donnie, who were the first two people God created? Adam and Eve. There you go. And what did we inherit from them? Original sin. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is Thursday, February the 24th, 2022, and if you're just getting up and waking up, well, uh, bad news. Uh, Vladimir Putin decided to launch a, quote, air quotes, special military operation, close quotes, in the Ukraine bombing, uh, in, even in Kiev. So it, it's interesting news coming out this morning. Of course, NATO has been activated. They're defending their NATO partners right now, just with defensive measures, nothing military just yet, but... Uh, of course, uh, sanctions, political and economic. We're going to keep an eye on the story. And if something else happens, we will certainly keep you up to date on that. But uh, in this hour, we're going to have a good time. Praise be to God. We're going to have a good news story for you coming up in just a moment. And then we will play a little a Fear and Trembling comes up at 15 past the hour. And tomorrow is the day we pull out the prize, uh, the name out of the coffee cup and, and give out the prize. Praise be to God. So you'll get three chances today, three chances tomorrow and don't tell Adrian I said this, okay? Keep this between us. But I think the phone lines are working perfectly, okay? But we won't mention that publicly until a week from now. But, and, but I think it's working great, which means at 15 past, when I give you the phone number, you can call right away, get straight on. You're not going to get yeah, kicked off or whatever. Praise be to God for that. So a lot to jump into. Plus, in the after show, we conversate with you about whatever you want to talk about. It's all on the table. You get to drive that conversation on one of our live video streams, which right now we're on Facebook. We're on YouTube, but on the Catholic Drive Time side because YouTube shut us off on the other one. And then we're on Odyssey, we're on Rumble, we're on LinkedIn, we're on Twitter. I cross-post to a bunch of other places. All the links are found on our website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. And while you're there, do me a favor and sign up to our email list because this Lent on Ash Wednesday, I'm going to be rolling out a calendar and I'm inviting you, dear listener, to join the Catholic Drive Time team and praying and fasting and doing penance 
every single day during the holy season of Lent for the uh, for the conversion of grave sinners, uh, heretics, and blasphemers, for peace in our world. Uh, you don't have to cover every day personally. Maybe just one day. Maybe you can cover one day with you and your family. Uh, we're going to put out a calendar. You get to choose the day, and we'll sign you up. I'll send out that email later today. So be sure to be on the email list to get that from me. Go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt, or pull out your cell phone and text the letters GRN to the number 42828. That's text GRN to the number 42828. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. You are covering every day. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, did I tell you that you're going to pray fast and do penance every day during Lent yet? Is that right? Yeah. It's in your huh. job description. Oh. So Okay. I just want to make sure every day is covered, so you're my default. Uh, yeah, so I'm uh, putting your name oh. on every single day for six weeks. Uh, all right. Yeah. I, I guess I could do that. Bread and water, uh, one time a day. That's, that's, <laughs> I've done bread fasts. Those are pretty good. Cool. Kneeling on broken but glass. I like bread. Praying the rosary. All the mysteries, not some of them, all the mysteries in Aramaic on broken glass. I don't think they have the uh, the new mysteries in Aramaic. Did, did they translate them? Yes, they did. Huh. Yes, okay. Did. Don't worry. We got you covered. Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning, Adrian. Good morning. Praise be to God. Is it good to God. be here? Um, you know, it's okay to be here. I see Edward Penton <laughs> hanging out next to you. We just had a great oh. conversation with Edward last hour. How you doing, Ed? Great conversation. We'll be posting that hopefully soon. Praise be to God. Uh, are you ready for the holy season of Lent, Adrian? I am ready. You are? I'm excited. Okay. I'm pumped up. Yeah? I'm uh, going to uh, gonna crawl on broken glass crawl. Uh, every single day. Gonna every crawl day. a mile in, on broken glass <laughs> there, every day. Hold on. There's... There's a mile of broken glass someplace. You haven't been to the second ward, have you? <laughs> ouch, ouch. Yikes. The poor second ward. There Be you go, brief. folks. Uh, maybe we should, for Lent, instead do a corp work of good mercy and clean up the broken glass. You could do both. We could. You can crawl time on. We can crawl on it first and then br- brush it, broom yeah, it back you, on the way. No, no. You just come back the next day. And if you're not from Houston, be, we're talking be. about a bad area of Houston. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, enough shenanigans. All the shenanigans happen in the after show, again, where we have candid conversation with you and you direct that conversation. So join us for that if you can. All links on our website at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Tomorrow morning, we are giving out a Mercedes. That's also on the agenda. It'll happen just about this time tomorrow morning. So if you purchased a car raffle ticket in support of our apostolate, well, thank you. We really appreciate that. It means everything to us that you support our apostolate. And if you get to win a car, too, that's that's a good deal, right? So tune in tomorrow morning at the top of the hour, and we will uh, we'll do that, announce it live on the radio. Let's jump in, let's pray, and let's get started. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known, that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. And with the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now your good news with Rudy Carlos. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now, here's your good news story for the day. Epic Times reports ambitious student becomes a landlord after buying his first property at the age of 21. An ambitious business student has become a landlord after buying his first investment property at the age of 21. 
After saving since he was 15, Harry Chu bought a two-bedroom mid-terraced home in Nottingham, England, as uh, a long-term buy-to-rent investment in June 2021. It is possible to buy property at a young age if you are prepared to put in the hard work, sacrifices, and efforts, said Harry, who currently lives in a rented student accommodation. I bought clothes and have been out and had experience with friends, but I knew I needed to save hard for something bigger. The business management and entrepreneurship student purchased his first property for eleven or $100,000 and had tenants move in within eight weeks. He put down $28,000 as a deposit and has a mortgage for over 21 years. Harry has rented the place to a family while he waits his graduation, uh, which is slated for later this summer. Hardworking Harry, who's currently 22, saved his deposit by always working two jobs as a teenager around his studies. To build up his savings more, he worked at four jobs in the summer, starting his morning shifts at a warehouse, working at a race course in the evening, and during the weekend he had shifts at a sports hall and even worked in a restaurant. Since being old enough to get part-time jobs, I've always worked, Harry said. Moreover, Harry has not given was not giving a, given a lump sum sum to help his deposit, but would save pocket money his grandmother gave him. My grand had a little savings account for me, and I decided not to waste it on things I wanted immediately, Harry said. Instead, I saved it towards my house deposit, and she's very proud that I have done something serious with it. Being a full-time student, Harry needed to have someone else named on the mortgage with him. Thus, after showing his research savings and a number of crunching uh, cr- numbers he crunched for a num- for a family member, they offered to be named on the mortgage to get the deal signed. Harry has big plans for the future and has already set up his own business. Harry buys houses. The undergraduate hopes to build a property portfolio that will allow him to be financially independent before he is 30. For any other youngsters hoping to get on the property ladder early in life, Harry advises them to be prepared to work hard and save harder. You will need to be a, you, need, you will need to be strict and know how how much you need to save and go and see a mortgage broker and set your goals. He said, "I recommend telling people your plans too. That encouragement will help you stay on track. The end goal is worth the sacrifices." He says, and that's really good news. God love you. The saint of the day is Saint Adela. Adela comes from the old German name that means of noble rank. St. Adela was born sometime around the year 1067 and was the youngest daughter of William the Conqueror, Duke of Normandy and the King of England, and his wife, Mathilda of Flanders. Adela was very well educated and spoke several languages and was deeply religious. Around the year 1080, she married Stephen III, Count of Blois, who was one of the richest men in Europe. Together, they had 11 children. Adela supported the scholars and the poets at her court, and this significantly contributed to the spiritual and cultural life of her time. She continued this to support all of her life. She also generously endowed abbeys and churches with money so they could expand and preserve the culture and arts of the time. Adela also corresponded on ecclesiastical matters with the Bishop of Le Mans. In 1095, Stephen became one of the first leaders of the First Crusade, whose purpose was to reclaim the Holy Land from for the Christians. During the four years that he was away in the Holy Land, Adela controlled hundreds of his estates in France and was so effective in, his, in her governance that she became known as the heroine of the First Crusade. Stephen returned home for a time during which time Adela conceived their youngest son, but then went back to the Holy Land where he was killed in battle in 1102. Adela then became the regnant of their eldest son, Theobods, who ruled his father's estate. 
In 1109, Theobald was old enough to rule on his own, but Adela continued to exert influence over the estate by her good advice. In 1122, when her children were grown, Adela became a nun in a convent that followed the rule of life given by St. Benedict. While in the convent, she was overjoyed that her youngest son, Henry, was made a bishop in 1129. Adela lived in the convent in prayer and humility until her death in 1137. St. Adela, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Mark chapter 9, verse 41 through uh, 50. Jesus said to his disciples, Anyone who gives you a cup of water because you belong to Christ, amen, I say to you, will surely not lose his reward. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a great millstone were put around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed than with two hands to go into Gehenna, into the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life crippled than with two feet to be thrown into Gehenna. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Better for you to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into Gehenna, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if salt becomes insipid, with what will you restore its flavor? Keep salt in yourself, and you will have peace with one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Haydock's commentary said, The sense seems to be that every wicked, unrepenting sinner, of whom it was before said, that their worm dieth not, shall be severely and continually punished, though not consumed by the fire of hell. And every victim shall be salted with fire, that is, even good men shall be cleansed and purified by trials and sufferings in this world, as some victims were to be salted by the law. Close quote. Haydock's commentary today. Very, very good. Praise be to God. Adrian, what did you find? Uh, so one thing in regards to the salt is that Cornelius Lapide says salt has two properties, the property of preserving and the property of burning. And so if you get salt on your wound, it burns, right? Or if you put salt on a slug, it kills it. Or if you swim in the Dead Sea and accidentally scratch your leg against a rock, uh, not from personal experience, I, I have no idea. Uh, you go in and it burns like crazy. Uh, so what is this saying? It's saying that the, the torments of hell is like that of salt. So if you pre you can preserve your meat, your food, you can pour salt over the meat, you and then it will preserve the food longer. And this is what Cornelius Lavade says is one of the senses of what is meant in regards to the salt. He actually gives, I think, five different senses of what the salt refers to. But to maybe I'll come back to the salt thing in a second, but I wanted to focus in on one other thing. He says that, and if your hand causes thee to sin, cut it off. For a scandal is so pernicious that it harms not only the doer, but the sufferer of it. Wherefore, if thou sufferest a scandal from thy hand, cut it off. That is, if anyone, relative or friend, as useful and as dear to thee as thy hand, thy foot, thine eye, scandalize thee, that is, the draw thee into sin, 
separate such an one from thy company, lest he drag thee with him into Gehenna. This is very important, and St. John Bosco would talk about this often because he had all his young boys that he was taking care of, and he would throw out some of the boys from the orphanage if they caused scandal to the other brothers, to the other boys, because the highest law is the salvation of souls. And if someone is leading you to sin, you must separate yourself from them. If Whether it's father, mother, brother, sister, or your best friend, you cannot be around people who are going to drag you down to hell. And for our families, if someone hangs out with you or if someone is a scandal to a friend of yours, to a family member, we have to cut them off lest we be dragged down to, Ge- to Gehenna with them. All right. Uh, wow. Powerful gospel today. Lots to meditate upon. But it's time to play our game show, Fear and Trembling, a Catholic trivia game where you do not need to know the correct answers and could still win. It's fun and uh, prizes are involved, so it's a good deal. But you do need to make a phone call. So if you've never played, well, let me encourage you. Pick up the phone and dial 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424 is the phone number. 877-757-9424. Fear and Trembling is coming up next. Three Catholic trivia questions, three opportunities to get in on the prize drawing that happens tomorrow. You could win. 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Game show's coming up next. Are there any basic rules for doing apologetics? 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to make a defense. Always be prepared, Scripture tells us. How can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith? Rule number one, pray. Pray to the Holy Spirit that He give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably. Rule number two, you don't have to know everything right now. Learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day. Read scripture, read the catechism, listen to apologetics tapes, listen to Catholic radio. Learn a little bit at a time. Rule number three, Luke 5 verse 10. Do not be afraid, henceforth you will be catching men. Jesus said this to Peter, but he's also saying it to us. Will you make mistakes and get into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others? Yes, of course you will. But Peter made mistakes and he got into tight spots. Yet Jesus told Peter not to be afraid. Why? Because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others, to share Jesus Christ with others, then Jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes. Rule number four, always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity, an opportunity to share the truth. Rule number five, don't get frustrated. Catholics often get frustrated by what I call the doctrinal dance. You get asked about purgatory, Mary, the Pope, sacraments, all in rapid fire succession. Before you can answer one question, you're asked another, then another. Just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say, then move on. Rule number six, never be afraid to say, I don't know, when asked a question about your faith. Don't try to wing it. However, always follow I don't know with, but I will find out and get back to you, and make sure you do. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation 
by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do me a favor and do not share with anybody my secrets or my agendas. And if you'll promise to do that, then I will share them with you. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something about the Catholic faith that you did not know before. Praise be to God. Number two, uh, we like to have a good time. We like to laugh, and our callers are amazing. They laugh with us. They're great sports. We enjoy that quite a bit. And then, of course, we give out prizes, which makes it a winner for everybody involved. Praise be to God. But if you're new here, here is the catch, the kicker. Here is the, uh, the real secret sauce. I have three Catholic trivia questions in front of me, but the caller does not need to know any of the correct answers and could still win the game. And the reason is because instead of asking them, I will ask Rudy and I will ask Adrian, one of which will be correct and the other will be incorrect. And then the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whom do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And every correct answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Praise God. This week, our sponsor is Catholic Drive Time. We're putting together a prize pack that includes prayer cards, a book, a DVD, and also an autographed CDT mug. It's a replica of the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence, by the way. And despite being up early, you're going to be alert, looking to the left, to the right, after drinking your morning brew from your trusty CDT mug. Wow. Wow, sounds impressive. A replica it's a of replica. the coffee cup of divine providence. Yes. That's, that is amazing. Praise Did you know that? God. I, well, now that you've told me. Yes, <laughs> uh, yes, I do. All right, let's go to the phones. Donald, good morning to you, sir. Hey, good morning. Praise be to God, Donald. Where are you calling from? Plano, Texas. Plano, Texas. Now, uh, the great winter storm of 2022 is upon us. How's weather up in Plano, Texas? A little icy and cold. Yeah. Are you staying off the roads? Yes. Because every t- it seems like every time you guys get some ice, there's like a hundred car pileup up there on the I twenty or or whatever. So, so why do they? Why is it all plain and old? I was gonna say, is it really plain and old up there? Plano, ordinary. It's Plano, oh, ordinary oh. Texas, right? Oh. No, plain old Texas. Not an English colony for crying out loud. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, Donald, uh, have you? Are you familiar with the rules? Do you know how the game works, sir? Uh, my understanding is is uh, you'll ask a question, and then mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. a couple people will provide different answers, and then I decide which one sounds most com- compelling. Or what yes, I right. that's true. Praise be to God. And I understand you are not Catholic, huh? Nope. Well, this, I... this could be a tricky game then to play, because the questions are all Catholic ones, so uh, are you ready? Bring it on. Are you, you are ready. Let's do Let's this. Go. I like that. Good sport, Donald. All right, here we go. We're going to go, as is our tradition, our custom, our patrimony uh, here on Catholic Drive Time. We will start with Rudy. Good morning, Joe Rudy. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. Uh, are you ready, sir? I am so ready. Are you sure? I, I put on my red tie today, and I said, I'm ready. Nice. I'm ready for the game show. Nice. Are you sure? Yeah. Hey, Rudy, can you tell me? Let's start with an easy one. Oh, uh, sure. What is man? What is man? Yes, please. Okay. Uh, St. Darwin, he defines man as an advanced monkey. <clears throat> Sorry. This, that, the storm is bringing in the, the pollen, so I've got that morning analogy thing going. Oh, yeah. Okay, so you're saying... St. Darwin. What is man? 
Saint Darwin defines man as advanced monkey. Yes. Is your answer. That's correct. Uh huh. He's quoted as saying, We uh-huh. must return to monkey. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> did he say that? He did. Uh, hey, uh, Adrian. Return to monkey. Hey, Adrian. Hey, Joe. Can you tell me? I can. What? You're, you have a philosophy degree, don't you? I have a philosophy minor, yes. What? <laughs> what is man? Uh, what is man? Well, man is a hylomorphic creature. That means a creature composed of body and soul. Sounds made up. <laughs> and we're made to the image and likeness of God. Wow. What a question to Not start our game show Not made image and likeness today. of monkey. So the question is, what is man? A brother Adrian here seems to think it is a man is composed of a body and soul and made to the image and likeness of God. Whereas brother Rudolfo seems to think St. Darwin defines man as advanced monkey. Uh, 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Donald, what say you? Uh, let me think. Adrian! Wow! I think that's just correct. Yeah. Let the record show he had to think about it, Adrian. You're no, not always no. right. We all know you're he not was always, joking. You're not always Donald, right, Adrian. Well played, sir. Yeah. You didn't bite on the St. Darwin monkey thing. Congratulations. That must have been really tempting. <laughs> well done. All right. Uh, you're in the cup, Donald. You could win. Praise be to God. Uh, but uh, I think we're going to try to double your chances here. This next one's definitely Catholic kind of thing here, uh, so we'll have to see how it goes. We're going to go to Adrian first. Adrian, are you there? No, oh, yeah, that's my name. Okay, Sorry. good. Praise I thought you were talking God. to someone. Some, yeah, I got talking with the other Adrian. In the I studio. was thinking, oh no, <laughs> he has changed his name. What do I do now? Yeah, that, that's still my name. Sorry. Okay, good. Praise be to God. Hey, Adrian, can you tell me? Hey, Joe. Yes, I can. What? <laughs> <laughs> What, what, okay, start over. What are the only two essential mm-hmm. and prescribed prayers of benediction? Ah, yes. One of my favorite things. Benediction being the uh, happening at adoration, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. That would be one. Uh-huh. We have to sing a Matt Marr song. <laughs> and two. Oh, are you okay? Yes. You got your allergies? Is this that allergy thing? Okay, yeah. It's it really sure. gets me. And one. Know? We have to sing a Matt Marr song. Mm-hmm. And two, we have to have a procession back to the tabernacle in the other room. <laughs> Why are you all laughing? I'm not. I'm you're not. not. You're laughing I'm about I'm trying to catch my breath. I don't get it. The, the I don't understand. Phlegm. Yeah. Okay. So Matt Marr and we have to do what? You what have to it? process the Eucharist into the other room, into where the tabernacle is in the other I room. I see. And so there's a tabernacle some other place. Yeah, probably. And, and you sing Matt Marr songs yeah. all the way. Sure. Got it. Hey, Rudy. Hey, Joe. Uh, can you help us out here? Uh, we have a, a very I can try. big question. What are the only two essential and prescribed prayers of benediction? The only two essential, the tantum ergo, mm-hmm. and the blessings with the Blessed Sacrament. Is tantum ergo a Matt Marr song? I'm just curious. Uh, no, actually, no? it's it's not. Okay, so, whew, okay, choices, choices, Donald, here we go. Rudy says it's the tantum ergo and the blessings with the host, whereas Brother Adrian seems to think you sing Matt Marr songs while processing 
to some other room, some other place where a tabernacle is kept. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Donald, what say you? All right, you threw me a curveball, but, you know, there's there's Latin and uh, Rudy's answer, so I'm going to have to go with Rudy. <laughs> you just have to go. Has to go. Like you have no choice in the matter. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, there, it's a curveball question. It's a tough Praise one, God. So, so wise. Have Nailed you ever it. heard of Matt Marr, Donald? I'm curious. Uh, no, I don't think so. Matt there is a video of Matt Marr singing with a guitar on one of those esca- like those long horizontal flat escalators at airports. You know, he just goes back and forth and just plays his guitar. Well, they talked to him, ergo, with Thomas Aquinas. That's yes. All I could think about was when, <laughs> when Adrian was saying that was <laughs> Matt, Matt Mayer Marr covered it, by the way. Singing on an escalator. But there you go. On the escalator. Tantum ergo and the blessings of the host. Praise be to God. You're in for two, Donald. You're doing fantastic. Yo. I think we can triple your chances today, Donald. I think you're going to get a solid score here. the hardest here. question we have. It really? This is the hardest question we've ever had on the show. Uh, this next according one. to hardquestions.com. It is easily the mm. hardest question. Don, I'm on your side. It's hardly the easiest uh, question. I don't think it's the hardest. I think it's among the easiest that we've ever had. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Let's go to Rudy. Hey, Rudy. Joe. Can you tell me? I can try. What is the most common first name of religious sisters or oh, nuns? That's easy. Mm-hmm. From personal experience, yeah. it's always Therese. <laughs> is it? After the little flower. It's true. It's very common. Therese. It's very common. Uh-huh. Hey, Adrian. Hey, Joe. Can you, <laughs> can you tell me? Can you tell me, sir? What is the most common first name of... Of sisters, religious sisters, or nuns? Ah, yes. That would be the name of the Blessed Virgin, Mary. So a lot of uh, a lot of sisters take the name Mary. Choices, choices. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right, uh, Donald, here's the deal. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is the mo- what is the most common first name of religious sisters and nuns? Is it, as Adrian says, Mary, or is it, as Rudy says, Therese? What say you, Donald? All right, that's a tough one, but uh, I'm going to have to say the Virgin Mary wins. The Virgin Mary wins. Praise be to God. Survey says yeah! Perfect score, Donald. You did great, sir. Thanks for playing our game. We're very grateful to uh, have you on our show today. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. Praise be to God. You were a lot of fun. You you played with the curveballs fairly well today. So well done, sir. We're going to put you on hold, but if it be God's holy and divine will, your name will come out of that cup tomorrow. So you'll have to tune back in this time to see if that's the case. But, Donald, have a great day. God bless you. God love you. Thank you. All right. That is going to do it for the radio side of our show today. If you can and you are up to it, join us in the after show where you get to drive the conversation to talk about whatever you want. I just saw footage of Russian helicopters attacking an airport in uh, in the Ukraine there. In the Ukraine. And Facebook just... Uh, Blocked my coconut comment. We'll see you Thank then. you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you.
Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate Thursday of the seventh week in Ordinary Time. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. All creatures of our God and King, lift up your voice and with us sing. Alleluia, Alleluia. Thou burning sun with golden beam, Thou silver moon with softer gleam, Oh, praise Him, oh, praise Him. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. Brothers and sisters, let us call to mind our sins. And so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty, to Almighty God, God and to and you, you, my brothers and sisters, that I have, have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done, in what, what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my, my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask the Blessed Mary, ever Virgin, all the angels and saints, and to you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Grant, we pray, Almighty God, that always pondering spiritual things, we may carry out in both word and deed that which is pleasing to you. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the letter of St. James. Come now, you rich, weep and wail over your impending miseries. Your wealth has rotted away, your clothes have become moth-eaten, your gold and silver have corroded, and that corrosion will be a testimony against you. It will devour your flesh like a fire. You have stored up treasure for the last days. Behold, the wages you withheld from the workers who harvested your fields are crying aloud, and the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. You have lived on earth in luxury and pleasure. You have fattened your hearts for the day of slaughter. You have condemned, you have murdered the righteous one. He offers you no resistance. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
Blessed are the poor in spirit, the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are the poor in spirit, the kingdom of heaven is theirs. This is a way of those whose trust is folly, the end of those contented with their lot. Like sheep they are herded into the netherworld. Death is their shepherd, and the upright rule over them. Blessed are the poor in spirit, the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Quickly their form is consumed, the netherworld is their place. But God will redeem me from the power of the netherworld by receiving me. Blessed are the poor in spirit, the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Fear not when a man grows rich, when the wealth of his house becomes great. For when he dies, he shall take none of it. His wealth shall not follow him down. Blessed are the poor in spirit, the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Though in his lifetime he counted himself blessed, they will praise you for doing well for yourself. He shall join the circle of his forebears, who shall never more see light. Blessed are the poor in spirit, the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Receive the word of God, not as the word of men, but as it truly is the word of God. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you and with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, Anyone who gives you a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ, amen I say to you, will surely not lose his reward. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a great millstone were put around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed than with two hands to go into Gehenna, into the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life crippled than with two feet to be thrown into Gehenna. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Better for you to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into Gehenna, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Every one will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if salt becomes insipid, with what will you restore its flavor? Keep salt in yourselves, and you will have peace with one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. One of the important dimensions of the Bible, and in particular, of course, the fullness of revelation that we receive in Jesus Christ in the New Testament, as recorded in the Gospels in particular, is the reminder that we are called to accept all that has been revealed in Jesus Christ and that also includes the challenging messages which are present in sacred scripture. 
course, today's gospel and, in fact, the entire liturgy of the word, including, including the reading from the letter of St. James, they are a, a sharp reminder to us that our life is important and that we should take the necessary steps in life to root out sin and to strive with all our heart to live according to the ways of God because we should not pretend as if our life doesn't matter what we do that we're all going to wind up going to the same place uh, regardless of how we live. In other words, today's Liturgy of the Word reminds us that actions have consequences and the way we live our life truly does matter and the decisions that we make really are decisions that impact are we moving toward God and toward his love or are we of our own free will choosing to move in a direction opposite to him. Today's gospel reading we have presented with us kind of three very stark images related to the eyes, the feet and the hands and all of them are particularly powerful metaphors which are really inviting us to root out sin at its cause or at its root in our own life. With respect to the eyes, the eyes are the gateway to the mind. We use our eyes to determine what it is we read, what are the programs we look at, what are the different things that we look at in life. And if we read good things, if we keep our eyes fixed on the things of the Lord, well then our minds are going to be pure. And as we read in the Beatitudes, the pure of heart will see God. Conversely, if we allow our minds to look at polluted things or sinful things, well, it's no wonder then that it's going to have an impact and help to contaminate our mind and then also to contaminate the decisions that we make. Really plucking out our eye as opposed to be taking literally means not to be using our eyes to look at things which are ungodly or unsavory or things ultimately which lead us away from the Lord as opposed to, to him. Today's gospel we hear, if your feet or foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. You know, our feet metaphorically suggest the direction in life in which we're moving. Of course, we know that we are called to be disciples of Jesus. We are called to use our feet to walk after the Lord, to take up our cross and follow the Lord Jesus. And sometimes in life when we make decisions to move away from the Lord or to move away from discipling him and to follow someone or something else or even merely to follow our own will and whatever it is we want to do, um, that is symbolized by taking our feet and moving in a direction opposite of the Lord. Today's gospel tells us, use your feet, use your will to make decisions that are discipling the Lord Jesus and are following after him. And finally, we have the powerful metaphor of our hands and cutting them off if need be to avoid the fires of Gehenna. And here too, we're reminded that the, the hands can be used to clutch and grab, to hoard wealth, to hold on to the things of this world. Or our hands can be used to welcome, to distribute, and ultimately to empty our hands before God so that we would go before him in a position of utter dependence to say, Lord, everything in my life I have received as a gift from you. And because of that, I also have willingly given it away because I recognize the only true gift worth holding on to in this world is you yourself, that you are our prized possession. And therefore, we're happy to go through life with empty hands or with hands that don't clutch and grab after the things of this world, 
but with hands that long to be dependent on God and long to live entirely in his providence. This indeed is exactly what we were talking about in the responsorial psalm when we were saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for the kingdom of God is theirs. The poor in spirit are those who go before the Lord with empty hands, who recognize their entire dependence on the Lord, and who are ready to receive everything in life as a gift from the Lord, and to share the goodness of God with others as well. And so, my brothers and sisters, as we go forward today, let us ask God for the grace that in the first place we would take our moral and spiritual life seriously, that we would realize there are real uh, consequences at stake by the way we live our life, that there is a gravity and importance to the decisions that we make. And let us ask God for the grace that we would make the necessary decisions to cut out sin from our life and to use our eyes to see the things of God to use our feet to follow in the footsteps of Jesus in discipling him, and to use our hands to receive the gifts of God's bounty and to share them with others so that they too would come to recognize the goodness of God in this world. Amen. Trusting in our Father's love and mercy, let us bring our petitions before him. We pray for all bishops and the Holy Father, Pope Francis, that they would be guided by the wisdom and inspiration of the Holy Spirit in all their decisions. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for government leaders, that they would be inspired to enact just laws that protect the dignity of life at every stage and laws which would never contradict the natural law of God. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for peace in the world. We pray in a special way for the people of the Ukraine and for peace in the Ukraine. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for the sick and the suffering, that they would be given consolation in their faith and experience the healing touch of Jesus Christ. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for our family, friends, and benefactors, for all those joining us online and through radio, for those who have asked for our prayers, and for all those enrolled in the Salt Mass Association, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. And we pray for the grace of conversion. That we would always strive with all our hearts to reject sin and to disciple Jesus. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. And for those intentions that we hold in our heart, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Merciful Father, we thank you for hearing our petitions and granting our prayers through Christ our Lord. Amen. Most ancient of all mysteries, before your throne we lie. Have mercy, now, most merciful, most holy Trinity. When heaven and earth were still unmade, when time was yet unknown, you in your radiant majesty did live and love alone. You were not born, there was no source from which your being flowed. There is no end which you can reach 
for you are simply God. How wonderful creation is the work which you did bless. What then must you be like, dear God, eternal loveliness? Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands, praise and glory of his name, for our good and good of all his holy church. As we celebrate your mysteries, O Lord, with the observance that is your due, we humbly ask you that what we offer to the honor of your majesty may profit us for salvation through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your heart. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For just as through your beloved Son you created the human race, so also through him with great goodness you formed it anew. And so it is right that all your creatures serve you, all the redeemed praise you, and all your saints with one heart bless you. Therefore, we too extol you with all the angels, as in joyful celebration we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, plenis uncelli et terra, gloria tua, Hosanna in excelsis, benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, 
and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world, and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis our Pope, and Michael our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the blessed Apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life, and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Precepti salutaribis moniti, et divina institutione formati, audemus indicere, Pater noste, qui es in celis, sanctificetur nomen tuum, adveniat reinum tuum, Fiat voluntas Tua, sicur in cielo et in terra, panem nostrum quotidianum, da nobis odie, et dimite nobis debita nostra, sicur et nos dimitimus, debitoribus nostris, Et ne nos enducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. On you stay, qui tolis peccata modi, miserere nobis. On you stay, qui tolis peccata modi, Miserere nobis, Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mudi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God, 
Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. An act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you are already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The King of love, my shepherd is, whose goodness faileth never. I nothing lack if I am his, and he is mine forever. Where streams of living water flow, my ransomed soul he leadeth. And where the verdant pastures grow with food celestial feedeth perverse and foolish oft I've strayed but yet in love he sought me and on his shoulder gently laid at home rejoicing brought me. Let us pray. Grant, we pray, Almighty God, that we may experience the effects of the salvation which is pledged to us by these mysteries through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity, Most Holy, Immaculate Virgin Mary, you are the Mother of God Himself. You are the Queen of all creation. You are the Keeper of Heaven's treasure. You are our help and protection. 
grant us your intercession and may your favor never fail us our lady of the most holy trinity The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy Thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Celebrating 2,000 years of truth, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul.